Escape. See ya. Take care. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. The Finance Services Minister expresses confidence there will be sufficient funds to build the northern metropolis. While the Financial Secretary says Hong Kong needs to develop in tandem with cities in the Greater Bay Area. And the Faster Payment System, or FPS, is expected to be back up and running shortly after a technical problem this morning. Financial Services Minister Christopher Hoy says he's not concerned that Hong Kong won't have enough money to support the proposed development of a so-called northern metropolis. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has proposed the development of some 300 square kilometres in the northern New Territories without giving an estimated cost. Mr Hoy says the project is very much worth doing and the thing to do is to find the most efficient plan to fully utilise both public and private capital. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says Hong Kong needs to develop together with what he called brother cities in the Greater Bay Area in order to achieve greater synergy and benefits. Writing on his weekly blog, the minister said development could reach greater heights in areas such as trade, aviation and logistics. He stressed the planned logistics centres at Hong Kong Airport and in Dong Wan would enable faster customs clearance for goods to be moved between the mainland and the rest of the world. The Monashi Authority says the faster payment system should be back up and running shortly after unforeseen technical problems encountered during a systems upgrade. It says all FPS services such as real-time fund transfers and account proxy registration have been unavailable. The HKMA says the maintenance was originally due to end before 8 o'clock this morning, but a fallback plan had to be triggered. It says the public will be informed about the service's resumption. It's emerged that a man detained on suspicion of killing the British MP, David Amos, on Friday had previously attended a government scheme to prevent radicalisation. However, the suspect, named as Ali Harbi Ali, is thought to have not been put on a watch list of subjects of interest by the British security service MI5. Questions have been raised about the safety of MPs who regularly meet members of the public. BBC's Damien Grammaticus has more. I think what many are waiting to see is the results of this investigation as they work out exactly what happened here, so exactly what the threat here was, and that will inform the security measures going forward. But clearly we have the Home Secretary saying she wants a review, police forces contacting MPs now, we have in Parliament calls for MPs to sit in a special conference, quite an unusual thing, to look at these measures but many of them saying this is a very difficult act because they need to be out there meeting people. They are public figures, but they also feel very threatened. Myanmar's army rulers say they're extremely disappointed with the decision to exclude their top general from an upcoming summit of regional leaders. They said the US and the EU had forced the regional bloc, ASEAN, into making the snub. Myanmar's military has been widely condemned since seizing power in February this year. The BBC's So Win Tan has this report. In Myanmar, situation is so bad that ASEAN had to do something. They reached an agreement with the military junta leader in April on a five-point principle of kind of cessation of violence and sending of an ASEAN envoy to Myanmar. None of them has happened. So that's why ASEAN had to come to this decision. We spoke to the military spokesman today, and he said that ASEAN has moved away from its core principle of non-interference and consensus. He also blamed outside interference. 
The French president, Emmanuel Macron, has condemned a police crackdown that cost the lives of dozens of peaceful Algerian demonstrators in Paris 60 years ago. He said it was inexcusable. The event is known as the Paris Massacre of 1961, when Algeria was fighting for independence from France. Police attacked a demonstration against the repression of Algerians. Saïd Abtou was among the survivors. The police came. When we met, they started to massacre people, hitting them with batons on the head and kicking them in the head. I'd never seen anything like it all my life. From then and until the end of my days, I will remember this carnage. And now the weather forecast dry with sunny periods this afternoon and it'll be mainly cloudy tonight. Winds will be fresh northerlies, strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook is mainly fine with slightly cooler mornings in the next few days. Temperatures will fall to about 20 degrees tomorrow and there'll be showers in the middle and latter parts of this week. The temperature now is at 28 degrees Celsius and the humidity stands at 58%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Haitian security officials say a group of American Christian missionaries and their families have been kidnapped by a gang in the capital, Port-au-Prince. Violence has surged in the city since the assassination of President Moise in July. This report from the BBC's Steve Jackson. Haitian officials say at least 15 women, men and children from the United States were abducted from a bus shortly after leaving an orphanage. Few other details are known. Haiti has one of the highest rates of kidnapping in the world, as powerful gangs exploit the lawless situation to make money from ransom payments. But even in such a chaotic environment, the kidnapping of so many US citizens has shocked local officials. Since the killing of President Moise, rival factions have been trying to gain control, and the lack of security has intensified the daily struggle to survive for many Haitians. Tens of thousands of Italians have demonstrated in Rome to call for a ban on the neo-fascist Forza Nuova party over its involvement in a riot a week ago. Forza Nuova leaders were arrested after a demonstration against Covid restrictions degenerated into a full-blown assault on the headquarters of the Italian Trade Union Federation. The union's leader, Maurizio Landini, said he was pleased by the turnout. This is a very beautiful day with so many people and it demonstrates that the values of our constitution are solid and it is time to implement our constitution. I believe that this is the real antidote to stop any attempt to resurrect a past which we do not want to return to, ever. One of the closest aides of the Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro, has been extradited from Cab Verde to the United States to face money laundering charges. Alex Saab was detained in June last year when his plane made a stopover in Africa to refuel. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Mr. Saab, a Colombian businessman, had been given a special mission by Mr. Maduro and was traveling on a Venezuelan diplomatic passport. He was reportedly traveling to Iran on a Venezuelan plane. He denies all the charges against him and says the allegations are politically motivated. The U.S. says he worked as a frontman for the Venezuelan regime and helped launder the proceeds of corruption in American bank accounts. The Biden administration is expected to offer Mr. Saab a plea bargain promising to reduce his sentence in exchange for details that could implicate Mr. Maduro and senior officials close to him. 
The Spanish literary world has been stunned by the revelation that a book that won a major award was not as claimed written by a female professor but by three middle-aged men. Their work, The Beast, won Spain's Planeta Prize. The BBC's Warren Bull takes up the story. Carmen Mola had established a reputation as a popular writer of violent novels and even became dubbed the Spanish Elena Ferrante. Like the acclaimed Italian author, Carmen Mola was assumed to be a reclusive woman who wrote under a pseudonym. But when the winner of the Planeta Prize was announced in Barcelona on Friday, guests, including King Felipe, were shocked to discover that she was in fact three male television scriptwriters. Jorge Diaz, Agustín Martínez, and Antonio Mesero describe themselves as three friends who decided one day to combine their talents to tell a story. They said they had the idea of becoming Carmen Mola because collective work was not valued in literature. A pilot project using pigs at an airport to keep birds away from planes is proving to be successful. The pig patrol scheme has been tested since last month at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, one of Europe's busiest airports. The BBC's Anna Holligan has the story. Oblivious to the pioneering part they're playing in protecting passengers taking to the skies, the team of 20 pigs are focused on the job, devouring the sugar beet harvest leftovers thus removing the residue that attracts the geese and birds. Schiphol Airport lies below sea level. The runways are built between fertile farmland, which draws the flocks and means flights are particularly vulnerable to bird strikes. But not a single goose has been spotted in this field since the pig patrol was deployed last month. In sports news, cricket's T20 World Cup begins today in Oman and the United Arab Emirates. 16 teams are participating in the tournament, which was initially meant to be held in India, but was delayed because of the coronavirus pandemic. In the first match, debutants Papua New Guinea face Oman, while later today Bangladesh take on Scotland. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Finance Services Minister expresses confidence there will be sufficient funds to build the northern metropolis. The Financial Secretary says Hong Kong needs to develop in tandem with cities in the Greater Bay Area. And the Faster Pay System, or FPS, is expected to be back up and running shortly after a technical problem this morning. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.
thing. 